RadioInfluence.com. I'm going to come calmly into the show this week. I um, want to welcome everybody to what we like to call this little home away from home for us here. The DJ Eakin podcast with the one and only, a.k.a. I really think she's the star of the show, Brittany Gonzalez. You like that introduction? You like that? You like that introduction I, I gave you? You like that introduction? Um, if you're watching the screen, if you're watching us on YouTube, which I hope that you are, please don't forget to download and subscribe. You probably see my man here right now, Mr. Derek Wofford, a.k.a. High Point Gamer. Um, I'm going to get to you in one second, but there's a couple things that I want to address first and uh, before I get too far into this. Um, Brittany, um, you know how we always talk about giving people their flowers while they're here, right? Um, I got to make sure he didn't ask me to do it, but I am super proud of my guy, Tom G. If, um, if you haven't seen it, his book is out right now. You, 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 um, to see the growth of my guy, man, process and purpose. Shouts out to Brian Hype Polite too, as well. Um, Tom G got a damn book out, Brittany. I ain't talking about just writing rhymes. And, you know, so I'm, I'm big on, that's one of the things I want to make sure that, we do for, well. We always do that anyway. We talk about giving people their flowers while they're here. Um, also, too, while I'm giving out flowers, Brittany, I know you celebrated from a distance, but the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, Stanley yeah. Cup champions for the second year in a row. Um, I do want to address something with the Lightning, and the two of you could jump in here before we get uh, deeper into things. This is just my unpopular opinion. Now, I am very happy that the Lightning won Stanley Cup number two. I got to celebrate with them last year. This year, I, I was supposed to do game four, but I'm um, still recovering from surgery, so I didn't do game four. My issue with the Lightning, though, is everybody drinking out of that damn Stanley Cup, Brittany. They still drinking out of the damn Stanley Cup. And, and I was just talking to Jason before we got everybody online. I wouldn't have as much of a problem with the celebration if they held the cup in the air and just poured, or even the funnel action that you know you just kind of pour. Brittany, yeah. I have seen countless videos. I have seen countless pictures. Mouth on the cup, like like just just mouth on the cup, like we ain't still in some kind of COVID protocol. Brittany, it's gone. We're in Florida. It's not here. Brittany, how is it gone? Did you, now, 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 Derek, I know because you a dude that watch what's going on. Brittany, there just was a story released that there's another strain of the COVID out here. That we might need to don't put your mask up just yet. Yeah, I know, I know. Isn't it like the third new strain? I don't, there was already another one. Look, Brittany, whatever strain it is, I still don't think that your <laughs> mouth belongs on the Stanley Cup. Y'all can agree. tell me if I'm wrong. Tell me if I'm but overthinking it. Even before it. COVID, even before COVID, exactly. I'm not all sharing the same drink cup. No, Brittany. So let me ask you a question: If the if the star player from the Lightning. Rolled up on you, they just won in the club. He rolled up on you in Celsius. Cause you know wherever they once we win, right? You get the you keep the cup with you for a day, right? Wherever they go, they take the cup. Publix, club, restaurant, <laughs> they roll up in Celsius and they got the cup in there. Come on, Brittany. He pour your favorite drink and it's I'm a girl, don't you know? You ain't gonna drink, Brittany? No, you're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> but since I did it, I'm gonna talk about everybody who did. <laughs> Brittany, I can see you twerking right now with the cup right on the tip of your lip. Just oh, talking about, just talking about, oh my God. Oh, Brittany, every time I see somebody, every time I see somebody drink out of that cup though, seriously, I'd be like, where your home training at? 
We don't like. I don't know, man. I, I can't stay on that too long, man. My man Derek is here. First of all, Derek, I am glad you met Brittany. And 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 oftentimes when I have guests here, it's not for me. It's for everybody listening, and it is especially for Brittany, because I feel like a brother like you, Derek. Your focus, the way you you know the way you handle yourself and your business and and the way you move, Brittany can always use that. Because if if you, if you know anything about Britney on social right. media, if you know anything about Britney on social media, you know uh, it, it's it's Where like it's like going with this? it's like Drake it's like it's like Drake lyrics sometimes. Who can work? Who can focus with all the twerking going on? You know, you know, it's, it's like Drake lyrics sometimes on Britney's story. I wouldn't trade her, but you know, I, so I, so from time to time, I'd like to have positive, upstanding people like yourself on the DJ Can podcast to make us seem like. We actually have some coof, you know, so I'm glad you're here, man. Um, one of the things I want to talk to you about for sure, though, before we even get into the other thing is what are you up to right now? Because you are super heavy in the gaming space, you know, a.k.a. High Point Gamer on Instagram. You know, Brittany's had boyfriends who won't talk to her because they're in the middle of a Madden game or whatever. <laughs> and she often wonders why. Maybe because. You can explain to her how lucrative it is, the things that are going on in the gaming space. But what's been going on with you since the last time we talked? Man, if, if I'm if I'm 100 percent honest, life <laughs> going through a, a pandemic, you're trying to pioneer a new industry. Uh, you're seeing a change in money and economics. Uh, you, you're seeing the unrest from a racial uh, community standpoint. Um like in the midst of that, you still have to be a dad, a husband, a friend, and and when you're losing people to the pandemic or or life in general and relates to the pandemic, say someone was sick with something else and then COVID killed them off, you have to deal with that. You like you have to deal with uh, the loss of how their family feels, how you feel about losing someone you care about in the midst of that, as well as continue to be uh, professionally focused uh, and dedicated to your goals because you think that. On the other end of that, hey, everything's going to open back up like it did, and you need to be still hitting the ground running. Like you can't just pause because life. So that's what I've been dealing with, man. Like the, all these uh, dreams and projects and partnerships that I have lined up, and everything is based on everyone else, right? Like let's use my Super Bowl event that I did, Beyond Meta, for example. Right. That's connecting a bunch of different initiatives and people and groups together in order to make something bigger than just my idea or focus. But within doing that, you don't have control over other people when it comes to uh, unifying the pipeline, right? Like everyone has their own priorities and own direction that they want to go in. So if you try to build something based on everyone connecting right. and those pieces fall apart as a minority in the space, it's not taken the same as if I was a white guy that didn't show up with all the pieces to the party that I said, um, like if I don't show up to the pieces with all the pieces to the party that I said I would have, I'm looked at as if I was one, either lying from the beginning that I could execute on this level or two, I've proven that I can't execute on the level that I've said I can execute on. So then the pressure of knowing that bigger things require you to connect with other people, but then knowing that as a minority, my reputation is all more on the line on connecting these pieces it makes a very stressful situation, especially when you're pioneering. Right. Yeah. 
are you okay? That's yes. a, that's that's the question oh, I feel man, is, is 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 right there right now. Are you okay? I'm good. Okay. Yeah, I'm good. So I'm when good. the gaming so it, so you're in the gaming space right now. You're you're heavy into the gaming space from the last time we talked. And if they're looking for you on Instagram, it's AKA High Point Gamer. How did the gaming space come out of the pandemic? So it did very well because um, many people didn't have anything else, especially from a celebrity. Uh, professional athlete standpoint because you weren't getting your brand recognition by doing what you normally do whether that's performing at a concert or performing on a field or basketball court how could i still uh, activate my brand so that those sponsorship dollars that i want the sponsorship dollars that i have can still feel worthy of paying me during this time when i do need this money because i'm sitting still right now and gaming became that thing so you saw a lot of tournaments from a charity standpoint scholarship standpoint, or just regular old community engagement brand building standpoint. And thus that elevated the value of gaming because uh, prior to that, uh, traditional sports was kind of like the top tier of what we consider entertainment and success mm -hmm. when it comes to business. So esports and gaming was trying to mimic and get to that level of recognition uh, because it wanted to have those economic dollars and opportunity and respect, et cetera. Uh, but traditional sports, because it's ran by old money, old money doesn't understand gaming and video games. They see it as a nuisance. They're thinking of uh, their nephews or nieces, for example, that just won't get off the damn game and come outside to the cookout and talk and engage. So they didn't see the value in it. So the fact that the pandemic happened and then their athletes and their stars and everyone that they've already signed is now using it for engagement. It's like, oh, this thing has some validity and value. How can we move forward and continue this in initiative even when we get back to traditional sports or performing, et cetera? And so that was a tremendous uptick. The downside to that is uh, it was a tremendous uptick, but it's still from a minority standpoint, it was leaving us behind because uh, that industry was, uh, esports is new, right? So you have new money that came into this thing to try to make it valuable. Uh, and grow it that money didn't care about gaming they don't care about connecting they don't care about any of that they just want roi on the millions that they put in so therefore the individuals that receive that money are now scrambling to uh prove that uh what they're doing is valuable and that has some roi on it etc when you when you when you're talking about that space real quick and and you and i guess what i'm what i'm looking for now is the breakdown of because you know if if you're from my from what I look at, or you look at who's shopping in the store like looking for the game. I talk to a lot of moms and they're looking for the games for their kids. When you look at who's really in that space, though, how much of a pl of a place is how much of a of a stake is the minority? I guess when you will look at the side of like the actual users, how how big is the minority? piece of that and then if you look at the business side is is it matching up is, are the minorities no. matching up on that side no, or is it like I, a lot of other you, things not even close can you name any industry that's like that right yeah that's yeah so none uh, so uh gaming is no different it's like 80 percent consumer and two percent business side and so if you think about that two percent on the business side out of what 148 billion is anybody getting bees on the minority side or off of that? Right. And why not? You know, like that's my question that I asked to to the gaming side because there is a diversity inclusion problem uh, from a revenue standpoint. But right now, everyone is 
the same way that just minority inclusion happened in general, where everyone thinks it's about, oh, be nice and and let people come in and participate and be consumers. Uh, esports and gaming is trying to go about diversity and inclusion the same way. Like, oh, let's get females to the table by um, including them and in selling some stuff, et cetera. But on the economic side, I'm not trying to really think about how I'm really going to include females, like truly include them from an economic state. I'm just putting them on the stage to show that we are welcoming to females. And the same thing with black. I'm showing that we are welcoming and we like you to participate. But on the economic side, no, we're not including you. Wow. A big question. And, that I, I, get, and okay. I don't know if it's on purpose. I'm sorry. I don't know if it's on purpose like that, but I feel like we should be pat be past that. Like, but just like anything else, though, you have the individuals that are on these diversity and inclusion from a director standpoint. Like they're just trying to hold on to their jobs. Like, OK, I'm the diversity and inclusion. What can I do enough to go far enough to say that I'm championing for it, but not too far that jeopardizes my state because I really have no real power in the organization. I'm still just a job position that a couple people above me can say, nah, we don't want you. We can chase someone out. So. Yeah, we, we've had the diversity and inclusion conversation on this pod quite enough and, and quite a lot. Not enough, but quite a lot. And it is something that as I shift this conversation, but I want to get one more question in before I shift it because I have a lot of um, younger kids that, you know, we go to schools and we talk to different kids and I kind of feel like the gaming space now to me is becoming what I've heard over the past years about everybody wanting a YouTube channel, right? It's like, Oh my, I, I, I can make a living with YouTube. Is it right. easy? And what's happening for kids now when it comes to the gaming space? Cause uh, is it, is it our college courses being developed, our programs being developed to, to help them understand the space and how to monetize the space? Or are we still very far away from that? Yes. There's actually esports program. USF has a program, um, they asked me to actually come teach it at some point, uh, the esports program that they implemented, but I don't have enough degrees to be a teacher. So uh, that was a lesson in the industry as well, that you could be a pioneer and actually doing the stuff, but you can't teach it because you don't have degrees and other stuff to be a teacher, which is weird to me. Wow. Yeah. Um, it's, it's the life which also it. speaks about digital divide as well. And, and that's, that could be another topic for us one day. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but no, there's there's jobs in, in it and they're doing full curriculum. But like you're saying, everyone is or a lot of people are focused on the YouTuber uh, streamer side because that's really where the dollars is at. Even, even uh, game streamers are making more revenue than a professional esports player that's playing for the NBA 2K League or the Overwatch League, etc. Wow. OK, so that gets me up to what you're into. Now, there's a particular reason that I wanted you here, other than the fact that I, I very much value, like, you know, having some very strong conversations with you as a brother. And 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 Brittany, I've, I've kind of mentioned this to you this week as well. And it's very much a conversation that I wanted you involved in, Brittany, because you are a woman in media. And this week we had a very big story drop, uh, including, you know, two pretty big names in media, especially when it comes to. Uh, sports, in particular ESPN, the worldwide leader in sports. And I'm not sure if you've heard about this, but just to bring everybody up, Rachel Nichols is uh, ESPN personality talent. She hosts uh, NBA The Jump. She's involved in NBA Countdown. Um, and for the purpose of this story, what must be said is that she's a white woman. 
She's been with ESPN for numerous years, quite a while. Like she's she's one of the talents that you definitely recognize when you watch ESPN. Maria Taylor, on the other hand, is another talent that's been at ESPN. And by all accounts, definitely on the come up. You see her on numerous shows in Derek, didn't she? She's played basketball too, right? Maria played basketball. Actually, did she play pro? Yes, she played pro. Okay, in college. Okay, so Maria is definitely. Did she do pro? I'm not sure if she did pro. Well, we know she played college. She played college. We know she's in the sport. She's played the sport. So, and she's by all accounts, like I said, a very rising up and coming talent at ESPN. Okay, now let me bring. That's that's where we are so far. Now. What also needs to be probably brought out in this, in my opinion, is that Maria is days away from a contract, her contract expiring with ESPN. She also does things on NBA Countdown. She does. uh, She's done college football. She's done numerous things on ESPN and her star has steadily been rising. I know during the uh, the George Floyd and Black Lives Matter stuff going on and me, too, and all that stuff. Maria has definitely been uh, a big voice in a lot of that. Like she says some things and made some points, some good points, you know, uh, about what's going on out here as far as diversity, as far as racism, that sort of thing. And somebody, like I said, that I follow on social media. I like what she's doing. Rachel as well. I like what both of them are doing. Um, So for the purpose of this story, this incident happened like a year ago and we're just getting it now through a New York Times report, various other sources whatsoever. So in a nutshell, basically, Rachel Nichols, while in the bubble last year, um, had new technology and forgot to turn it off. And in forgetting to turn it off, she was talking to, let's throw this in there too, to make it even more spicier, LeBron James PR advisor. That's what he is. He's the PR advisor, and I will get his name in here in a second because there's definitely more I want to talk about him, but he's LeBron James' PR advisor. In this conversation, she was discussing some things, and Jason, we have the audio for that. We have the audio here. So I'm not even going to paraphrase her audio, but basically what she was talking about was how they wanted to, ESPN wanted to work Maria into more things, and she had some concerns. So here go Rachel's comments that were mistakenly recorded because she left the new technology on and didn't know because she had been working from the bubble from her hotel room and it was everybody was having this new technology so they could be on the shows or whatever and she hadn't turned hers off so that's how this audio got recorded and it went back to espn headquarters where they several people were listening could hear it live as she was talking so here's the audio they said to me hey instead of hosting the nba finals what do you do there's a sound recorded out the nba finals Like, go for it. Just, you know, find it somewhere else. Like, you're not going to find it with me. 
Boom. Okay. So the audio is a little little jogger to hear right there. So let me let me read you some points out of here. And Brittany, I want to read this to start with you here because there's there's a couple of reasons here. For one, you are the only female on this podcast, and just for the color Crayola box, Crayola box, like I like to use, you are a very attractive brown woman who lives in a society where this diversity thing is going all kinds of crazy right now. Okay, mm-hmm. so in her points she's making, basically what's happening to Rachel is ESPN is trying to work Maria Taylor more into the show. NBA Countdown, which is the flagship during the playoffs, the NBA Finals, whatever, right? Now, okay. another point that must be brought here that I feel in order to keep this fair for Rachel is within her contract, from what I understand, ESPN has told her she is going to host this show. Now, don't know when they decided to change that, but that's from the legal standpoint, that is by all accounts, that's in her contract. Some of the points she was making here that was kind of like, you know, when you listen to the audio, she said, I wish Maria Taylor all the success in the world. She covers football. She covers basketball. If you need to give her more things to do because you are feeling pressure about your crappy longtime record on diversity, which, by, by the way, I know personally from the female side of it, like, go for it. Just find somewhere else. You are not going to find it from me or taking my thing away. Brittany, here's my question to you. Let's take the color out of it. You do mornings at your radio station. All of a sudden, and you, your contract says you're the morning girl. You're the morning chick. You've been doing your job. Your ratings been coming through. Decent. I don't know what Rachel's ratings are. And all of a sudden, they call you in the office and they go, you know, Brittany, we're going to start putting you on nights and working somebody else in. And so what will happen is, Brittany, you'll do Tuesday and Thursday and this new girl will do Monday, Wednesday, Friday. How would you feel? Well, I mean, is my pay different? Like, am I now losing pay on this? I don't, because think, this? I don't, I don't think the pay was a problem. I don't, from what all accounts of this story right here. And if I'm if I'm saying anything wrong, Derek, jump in, Brittany, jump in what you know about it. Yeah, I don't think the pay was the issue here. I think it was strictly of the NBA countdown is is a flagship when the finals are happening. It's the flagship. It's the whole show of the if they're right. if ESPN is playing the finals, it's the in through the playoffs. It's the it's the it's the flagship when ESPN and so does it. So it's the I pre-show. Correctly. Am I still doing my morning show? You're sharing all? it now, though. You're doing but it Tuesday and Thursday. It She's, for a period of time. Right. While this. Well, this like this important part of like whatever it is with sports is going on because I really don't know. But um, and so they come to me and they say, hey, we want to be uh, nothing changes except for that time period. To me, of course, I'm confused at first. Like, Wait, what's going on? Am I OK? Like, did I do something wrong? Like, is there something wrong with my performance? I mean, there's questions that would definitely enter my head. And, you know, but if they explain it to me in a way where it's like this is just for this period of time and it is to it is because like different perspectives like this is going to help be more diverse like to me but also because i understand how important that is i'm definitely going to be open with it you know with an open heart to it and be like absolutely throw her in let's do this let's work together but if they're like you're out and she's in and it's because like right now it's it's the climate then i think uh, yeah i am going to feel some type of way because i don't feel like my performance is a reflection of me being pulled off, you know? So to share it, yes. But to say like, no, I'm not working with this person or, uh, you know, don't do it on my show. Like, no, I think that that's, you know, I, I don't think I would handle it that way. I don't think I would, I would respond like that. Derek, your thoughts. 
So uh, to me, it's a it's a textbook example of a couple of things. One of scarcity. When you don't have diversity and inclusion, the minorities that you get in there are worried about keeping their thing because they got their thing and they have that pressure to perform for that thing because they know they've been given the opportunity as a minority to show and prove so that other minorities can uh, execute and have the opportunities. That's Let me stop one. you there. Let me stop you there. Are we talking about Rachel as a minority of being a woman? Yes. Okay. I just want to make sure we're on that. Okay. Now yeah. go ahead. Um, but it also speaks to uh, the American climate on on how we are about race and and black equality. It's like you have those individuals that totally hate it and and hate black people and they're racist and and they despise us. Then you have the other group that's like, no, I don't, I don't judge anybody by any color, and I feel like everyone should be equal and have the same opportunity. But don't take my stuff in order to accomplish that. And that's what I look at it from Rachel's standpoint is someone that I believe she probably likes Maria Taylor and has no problem with her or whatever, has no ill will. But you just had the opportunity where you could really affect diversity inclusion for the black population mm -hmm. by giving up your thing and you were cool with it. But you, as long as it didn't require you to give up your thing. And so uh, from that standpoint is where the failure uh, happened. OK, let, yeah. let me give let me give the both of you what I tend to do on this show, the unpopular opinion. And it's my unpopular opinion. The show has already got diversity on it because Jalen Rose is on the show every single day. Uh, I think Matt Barnes is on the show every single day. I think Kendrick Perkins gets uh, he's he's he comes in from here and there. You got um, what is her name? Uh, Malika, I think it is, but there's another, huh? Yeah, Malika Andrews, who does sideline reporting various times in the show. So I don't think diversity was, was, was to me, the issue of the show. I do believe that it's bigger than Rachel, and I don't, I think that we're not giving ESPN enough of this, in my yeah. opinion. Because I, yeah. I, again, again, I don't think that Rachel in that conversation said um, said anything that a lot of us haven't said. Maybe you don't throw the color part in there, but mm -hmm. I, I, I do believe that if I got a job and I'm doing mornings every single day, like, like Brittany's doing, and all of a sudden here comes the Grammys, Brittany. Here comes the Grammys. You've been doing, you've been carrying this show all this long time, and here comes the Grammys. And all of a sudden you got to share it? Not with your afternoon person, but with somebody who's, you know, like, and, and again, I think that's, that's the part to me that I think we gave a Rachel, gave Rachel a lot. And again, I'm not defending and saying that Rachel maybe could have said it a different way. I just think that if you don't, if you don't throw the color part in there, all of us would have had that conversation. Yeah. Right. I, I, I believe right. that. You understand what I'm saying? Because, yeah. because again, like I think that, like you said, in a job climate of you've been like, I've been doing this job. And all of a sudden it's, well, we got somebody else that we want to put anywhere. So you throw in there on top of her what she probably feels, like you said, Derek, and about the diversity part already, where she feels like she had to fight for every crumb that she's got being a woman. Mm -hmm. You know, because she felt like she was the minority or is the minority to some extent. So she put herself in the, well, I'm already the minority. I know how this feels. So you're going to take something from one minority to give to another minority and feel like you fill in the slot. You know what I'm saying? Or feel like you're doing, you know, you're just due. So when yeah. I look at it from that way, I kind of, I don't know. I don't know if I, I, if compassion is the right word that I have for Rachel, 
But I kind of do feel like more of us would have done what she would have had that conversation she was having. Right. It just wouldn't have been on tape. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, so, so my thought is I wouldn't throw Rachel away for what she did. Like I wouldn't be like dismiss you completely. It's right. a conversation. Like it's a, it's a learning opportunity, but at the same time, you're making the work environment suck. Like the work environment now is horrible where they have to navigate around each other and, the co-workers there have to pick sides on who are they with from the standpoint the leadership has to decide who to support and whoever you support, the other one's going to feel like that means that you care less about me because you sided with that. And, and then that makes an environment that's not very productive. Okay. Let me address how long does that carry on? Go ahead, Brittany. Go ahead. Go with your well, point. I'll say, and back to what you were saying though, Ekin, about how like, or I think what you were saying was that it's more like we're getting mad at, is her name Rachel? Yes, Rachel. Rachel. We should be more mad at ESPN. And why are they? Why why can't it be inclusive one? Or why does it have? Why does she have to take another woman's spot that's already a minority? Like why can't it be in replacement of a dude? Or was it just because Rachel's the only one that would be? Well, she's talking? the she's the she's the host of the show. So they were they're gonna put Maria in the host slot. A lot of you know these shows are, are built like written. Like I said, I know you don't watch sports as much, but these shows are kind of like like let's a show that you might watch. And I'm not being funny here. You might watch the View, right? So Whoopi will give yeah. the story, and then everybody else becomes the 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 chime in and the the people who you know they they talk about the story you know everybody else one person so being the host of the show rachel introduces things or you know she brings everything in and then all the other guys they bring it in but let me throw this in too um since we're talking about the work environment and what could have caused a little bit of tension because the reports are espn just offered maria five million which is a $4 million jump up from her $1 million salary she's getting she's getting already, and she had turned that down because the reports are leaking out that she might be trying to get Stephen A money. So if we look at it like that, and again, I what think- What is Stephen A money? Stephen A money is the highest paid guy on ESPN. He's getting like, what, is $8 million a year, Derek? Something like that, like $8 million a year? Stephen A's getting like $8 million a year. He's probably the biggest thing they got going on ESPN right now. He, he's okay. just all over- just the way he delivers, it's 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 Stephen A's loudmouth delivery, which you just got you just want to watch it. But he's a yeah. big deal at ESPN, right? But the reports are leaking out. And again, I I haven't been able to say this is what it actually is. I'm just you know how things go in the media to make all of us form these opinions against different people, right? So I want to be sure to say that. It doesn't make me think any less of Maria because I think she's a dope talent. I love what she does. I love what I've seen her stand for, period. But when you look at the totality of this story, I just want to make sure that we have all the points in here. So from what I understand, Maria was offered not long ago a $4 million pay raise and has turned it down. And let's also throw in there that she's about to be her contract is about to be up in a few days here. So it's like a renegotiation thing kind of going on. Anybody think maybe that's got some play in this story? You know, because if we're talking about the work environment, which, Derek, you made a very good point, because what you try to do ultimately is the work environment is what ultimately matters because all these people have to work together and be around each other, you know, and whatever is going on. Right. And we're not always going to get along, but you're trying your best to get along as much as possible. And we know money, egos, whenever you're talking about entertainment, we all have one. No matter what we say, we all have one to some extent. Right. Some can control theirs more than others. It's just the way it is. But we all have one to an extent. But. Are we giving any credence to maybe they had already showed 
Maria a lot of love already? Like, you know, like a $4 million raise is a $4 million raise. If that's, you know, if that's indeed a fact. And she turned it down. Because let me throw this other one out there. You think maybe somebody in Maria's camp leaked the story? Because think about it. This tape happened a year ago. The tape happened a year ago. We're just getting it right now when Maria has less than a month that her contract's going to be up. And I hate to be the unpopular opinion guy, but I feel that's my job as the host. You do it so well. Yeah, give me your thoughts. Give me your thoughts, my esteemed panel right here. I know Derek? I gave you. I know I gave you a lot I, to I think don't know. about. Because we, we know that a lot of stuff is orchestrated, so we know that's how it is in entertainment. Right. How far does does that go when you're planning and strategizing your career? I don't know. I'm not in that world. Right. Doesn't sound far fetched though. Well, do you think that it's supposed to like? What was the point of doing that now? Like now her contract's coming up. So that what, what do you think she was trying to gain from that? Well, again, more again, more money or right. And again. I'm just trying to, again, let's make this clear because, you know, sometimes when we, when we do these shows, right, by the time a clip comes out, it's like, oh, they were attacking this person. No, that's not what I'm doing. What I'm trying to do is I want to give everybody listening, including my two esteemed colleagues right here, give you both full circle of things that have run through my mind, either in barbershop conversation, other conversation as I prep for this story, this, that, and the third. Now, again, mm-hmm. what we do know, we do know. That Maria's contract is up like any day now. It's supposed to go out while these finals are going on. We do know Uh she's a highly coveted talent because she's on the come up at ESPN. Nobody's disputing any of that. But again, you have to think like this actual incident happened a year ago. Right. And that that audio has been passed around ESPN to a lot of people. That's what's said in all the stories that I've read about it. And. Like I said, Maria has been offered a deal by ESPN to make five million a year. But the rumor is, is that her camp wants Stephen A money. Now, in my opinion, again, I feel like this is my job as a host. I don't think Maria Taylor is Stephen A money worth is is worth Stephen A money. And I'll tell you why. It has nothing to do with her being a woman. It has nothing to do with any of that. Stephen A to me is a dude to me that and and I was talking to Jason earlier, which I thank him for this. He said one of Stephen A's quotes is every day that Stephen A gets up, he thinks about how much money he can make and how much money he can make his employer. If you look at a lot of us talents out here, it ain't too many of us that think like that. Mm-hmm. And you have to admit, Stephen A is bringing in money. I don't, I don't, look, I don't agree with everything Stephen A say. This got nothing to do with him being a dude. His delivery is his own. I don't think Stephen A's points are right 40% of the time. But I do know <laughs> if I watch first take and Stephen A is not there, it is not the same show to me. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, it's just not the same show. I don't want it's, it's some things I don't want to see Stephen A on. But I know when I turn on the flagship first take in the morning, it's not the same if he's not there. Now, let me go to Maria Taylor's side. I think she's a very dope talent, but I have not watched ESPN. And this could just be me one day that I feel like if Maria Taylor's not hosting this show, it might make me not want to watch it. I don't feel like she's at that yet. I feel like she's a very dope talent. But when I start talking Stephen A, highest paid guy on ESPN numbers from a business guy, I just don't think it's there. 
But again, it doesn't mean that she's not talented. It doesn't mean that she shouldn't get paid because let me tell you something right now. I don't think a million dollars is a bad salary. But it's like De- to Derek's point, <laughs> to Derek's point, though, when you're looking at where these people are working at and where they are in their career and the strategy that's set up, her thought process is probably past a million, which probably it should be when you look at the work that she's doing for a network yeah. that is probably actually making money on the shows that she's on. Like she may not be like, we just want to be on the show Stephen A's on, but I'm sure that for her to be moving up in the talent, the shows that she is on, they aren't falling. Yeah. You know, I have to give her that, you know. So so again, I'm not mad at her for wanting to raise. But in this climate. If a if a company gives you a four million dollar raise is 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 that am I missing something? Are they not showing you some love? Are they not? I mean, I, I, look, man, look, I, look, I don't got a lot of money. So, but I, if so I call me, Brittany me, right now, let me ask you. OK, go so ahead. Stephen A. Money, you're, you're comparing him or saying he's on a certain level because of the money that he brings into the organization, right? Well, I, I, the reason I say Stephen A money is a Stephen A level is because right now he's the highest paid guy on ESPN. When the story came out, it was a big deal, you know, and again, he is probably as it stands right now, the most recognizable personality that they have on that station. But go ahead with your question. So, so do you believe in equality? Yes, I do. But it depends on what we're, what we're talking about in equality. Like, cause I, I, I don't think that they're, I don't think that they're doing you the same don't job. Believe in equality? What does that mean? No. What do go you ahead. mean by go, that? Well, go ahead with your point. I, I feel like we're all individuals and we all have our own value that we bring to the table and we have our own weaknesses. And, and so if you think of being a minority in the male organization and in sports and being attractive in that space, a million to a million, is it the same million? Because the, on the female side, she's dealing with way more on a different level that she should be compensated for, not just off of the talent that she's bringing. Like she has to deal with uh, constantly being harassed, constantly being uh, sexified, et cetera, and constantly being act like she's below what a male can do. Mm-hmm. So if you perform on that level, she should get additional compensation for those additional things that males don't have to deal with or that males bring that make her job more difficult. It shouldn't be a, a, a apples to apples comparison. Mm-hmm. Brittany, you like you want to jump in on that one? No, I see. I see what you're saying. Do you agree? It is, it, I actually do agree with that. When you, when he says it like that, I'm like, wait a minute. It sounds right. <laughs> but I feel like, okay, already men get paid more than women. Like that's a go. That's how it's always been. Yes, we're not making enough progress. So to me, it's like her asking for more than the four million. I'm like, good for her because she's like, no, I see what that man's making. And I know you're making way more money as a company. So hand it over. I'm working hard. I'm doing my job and I'm going to continue to do a great job. And I'm going to continue to, you know, I'm, I'm sure she wants to do better and, and continue to grow and, you know, in all those ways. So to me, it's like, she's like, no, I'm worth that. I know what I'm worth. So pay up. So the fact that they even said the four million to me, they saw her worth. Thankfully, they they're acknowledging it in some way. So she's like, but I know I'm worth more. So and like I said, those companies make so much money. So to me, I'm happy that she was like, I want more. Okay. So in that in that way, yeah. Okay. Well, let, let me let me let me jump in here because I I think that that's a very valid point. But here's where Derek and Brittany, I agree, but also disagree. Now I agree if. You and I, we're all accountants. 
there is no way that one accountant should be getting paid more than the other. Unless there's an accountant that's like the scene, you know, if there's a, like, if there's like, I don't know the accountant, but if there's like, okay, you're, you're entry level accountant, then you're a senior right. accountant, or then you're the guy who run or the guy or the female who runs the department. There's levels to that pay. Right. But okay. in the world of entertainment, like it's like, it's, it's like, it's like I look at entertainment and, and let me, let me just use me for an example. This is what I tell DJs all the time. We're arguing about money. You could be, cutting and scratching and the best DJ in the world in your bedroom. You could be behind your back. You could be eating a bologna sandwich while you're cutting. The records don't skip in your bedroom. But if I put you in a club and nobody comes to see you, you ain't worth nothing to me because I'm in the yeah. business of drawing people. I'm in the business of filling a room. You understand yeah. what I'm saying? So that's why the levels to me go up when I talk entertainment. Again, I'm very much there. I'm very much with your point, Brittany. I'm very much with your point. If if you and I, if, if Brittany and I c create this show and we're doing equal work, which we clearly aren't right now because Brittany <laughs> takes naps that I don't get to take. But if we if, okay. if we were, if we if uh, let's be let's be fair. I'm, I'm being funny. If we're doing if we're doing a show and we have come up together. Right. And all of a sudden they like we like what y'all doing and they take us in a room and be like, here's the contracts. I'm going to be offended if they're paying Britney significantly less than me. Cause significantly I, like, is the point, yes. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm going to be like, yo, this isn't fair. Like, you you don't give me a quarter of a million and then tell her, we're going to give you 75000 Unless her only job is just to come in there and sit for her four hours and be out. Then I'm going to be like, that's what you've been doing. You're chilling. You know, but if she's been helping to build and show prep and she's behind the scenes working and graphics and all, she's been a part of the process, then I agree totally. I even agree. Like I said, I agree. When I look at people, like I said, when I'm when I'm thinking of that equality thing, a lot of times I'm thinking like, yo, like if this lady is in human resource jobs that I, that I think, you know, they, they kind of know what the job is going to be. You understand what I'm saying? And, you know, but to your point, Derek, I when you start saying about her being harassed and stuff. I almost think Stephen A had to go through the same thing, like to break through as a right. black man as in a, that in a yes. company like that. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. So but I but I. And I get, I think maybe me, this, I've said this all the time because, because this to me is where they, if they just did this, I would be okay. You ain't always got to give me more than them, but be fair. You know, so I guess, you know, to you, to your point, it is, it is a very valid point. Be fair. Don't, don't bring me around the corner with the contact. You know, it's significantly less when I'm bringing, you know what I'm saying? When I'm bringing business, I'm bringing people that y'all didn't even know you could get over here because I'm here, you know, and I'm out here doing stuff in the community when nobody else ain't doing it. They just kind of relaxing on their laurels. So there, there's points in all of this. I just think, like I said, when it comes to entertainment, though, I have to kind of say that there's levels because there's a certain amount of draw with that money that comes in. Because we're in the business of gathering people. We're in the business of drawing people as opposed to being in the business of like, you know, if if me and a me and a chick both drive trucks and we drive in the same distance, there is no reason her check should be, ever be shorter than mine. We get in them trucks. We got the same distance to go. We got them loads on the back. Boom. You know what I'm saying? But I do think that companies take advantage of like, because you know we're not we're not supposed to know what each other makes. You know, like that's supposed to be a private conversation, which is so to me like that needs to stop because that's why we have such. That's also contributes to why there's such these like differences in our pay. We're not talking about it, and that's how they get away with like keep. And you think the ones at the top are are taking a cut or getting less? No, they're making bank. Okay, and I'm not saying that they're just doing nothing, but at the same time, it's like you know that that money 
to me can be spread out but people get greedy at the top and to me it's like that's how they keep it that's how they keep accumulating so much more money and wealth and keeping those hardworking people who are helping build that wealth you know like not making what they should be making you see what i'm saying no, those are, that's a very good point I, I don't think we'll ever we would ever be happy if we knew what everyone made though I so the, know, psychology, but... the psychology of it i understand why they can't do it because you could walk in there and be like, oh, man, they gave me 100000 for this job. And you rubbing your hands walking away. But if you're here next week, oh, but you could have got 250 That 100 doesn't feel the same. Yeah, it's you, like, you're not, you're, you're feeling some, you're feeling some kind of way for real. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like they're, they're profiting so much more from us off of that. Like, to me, it's keeping us in the dark. And that's how we stay, like, not realizing our worth and not realizing, like, damn, you know. This and sometimes too, you're almost on the same level, if not the same level, as someone else, and they're just getting paid way more than you. Like I know a very close example of that, you know. So it's it's to me, it's like ah. Uh, I think I think, Derek, I think Derek made a very good point too, though, and this is one of the things I think that that I'm trying to do as I keep moving up and and moving in different spaces is when someone gets in that space, though, you have to be to work at, at stopping, at stopping the cycle. You understand what I'm saying? Like, like I can't, like, it's like how I, how I feel about the music industry, right? I don't feel like we should still be reading stories on people getting fucked over in the music industry because we've got the stories. We got the TLCs, we got everything else. Right. And we actually have people that were there that are now executives, but instead of them making sure that the next young kid gets a great deal, they'd be like, Play the same well, game. I got to put my kids through college. So I might as well do the same thing. Cause I can get this money quicker. If I sign yeah. three people to bad deals. And that to me is, I think, the, the biggest travesty. You know what I'm saying? Like, like Maria, Rachel, Stephen, Stephen A. They happen to be examples that we use in these conversations, right? But I also think the bigger conversation is, once we keep getting, we get ourselves in these executive positions, what are we doing to change things? Or do we just become a part of the good old boy system and be like, well, now I'm getting mine, so, ah, well, they got it. They got to They'll figure it out if they ever get in this door. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's a part of the big problem. That is. You know, another part of this story I wanted to discuss, too, and we haven't we haven't mentioned that as much is. How do I put this man without like because because I'm, I'm a fan of LeBron and everything that he's done in his movement. And what really I, I, I hate about these stories sometimes is LeBron wasn't anywhere in this conversation, but you have to mention LeBron in order to make people perk up to even want to listen to this part of the conversation. Because yeah. the guy is LeBron's uh, PR advisor. And Jason, can you can you play this part of the audio? And then I'll, I'll pull his actual name up. But this is LeBron's PR advisor talking to Rachel about this whole thing going on with her thoughts on Maria Taylor. Okay. So his name is Adam Mendelson. He's the advisor. He's a, he's LeBron James PR advisor. And a big part of this story that um, seemed to get um, pushed down a bit because the Rachel and and Maria part became such a big thing. And ESPN was. Um, he said this is his words. I'm exhausted between me, too, and Black Lives Matter. I got nothing. Mendelssohn said in the leaked audio. Over the weekend, and I'm reading this um, from an article 
on uh, the website awesemo.com in case you wanted to go there. That's why I spelled it out for you. Um, over the weekend, Adam Mendelson issued an apology to LeBron James and anyone else who may have been offended by his comments on the call. I made a stupid, careless comment rooted in privilege, and I am sincerely sorry, Mendelson said to CNBC. I shouldn't have said it or even thought it. I work to support these movements and know that the people affected by these issues never get to be exhausted or have nothing left. I have to continue to check my privilege and work to be a better ally. <sighs> Y'all just want to jump in with your thoughts or, you know, um, it's hard. It's hard for a PR person to apologize. Like that's your job. So I, it's hard to evaluate that. I heard his part on, on the phone and I was thinking, one, how is both of y'all discomfortable talking like this and knowing the position that you have, like you get money from a black person, you're part of, like that's where your economics, some of your economics come from. So that part bothered me. Um, the apology, I, it was good though. Like the way the words that he used were very good, but you're a PR person, so I don't know how much value that's true that. that is like literally what you're trained to do is learn like yeah. how to apologize and get the least amount of heat from it um what did he say on the phone call though i didn't catch that. it was so that's short what I, what I read was that he said what he said on the phone oh. convo what he said on the phone convo was hold on let me get back to it i'm exhausted between me too and black lives matter i got nothing left that's an exact quote from him on the call. And he because was remember, telling that to LeBron. No, he was, he was telling that to talking. Rachel. He was telling he was he used oh. who Rachel was actually talking to when all of this audio got recorded. Damn. Because he was because Rachel was talking to him kind of like on some advice type thing, venting to a friend type thing. Oh, and then um to Derek's question of like why did they how did they feel so comfortable having that conversation? Is that you brought that up? I think you were like questioning. I'm like, I feel like that's a common among you know people who are not people of color to have those conversations and feel comfortable enough to say that and relate on that level to them it is like this i want to say the word privilege because i know it it is privilege but to them i feel like it's so hard to understand if you're not if you don't have family that's, uh, you know, people of color, if you don't have a real, I, I don't want to say friends because I, I don't even think that's enough. Like if you don't have someone close to you in your family that's not a person of color, I don't think that they can ever truly understand it. Uh, have compassion? Yeah, of course. You know, like there's that. But that's why they were so comfortable because they're both two both white people, you know, so like they don't understand it. And to them, it is like exhausting. You know, I'm tired of hearing about this. This is, you know, boring or this is not fun or, you know, like it's not making them money. So, yeah, but obviously uh, now, you know, like thinking about the he mentioned the privilege part, which I think is so important to acknowledge that it is real that it exists, that it's happening. And so whether or not it was an empty apology, to me, it, saying that, coming from him, and then being connected to LeBron James, to me, is way more impactful. And, um, you know, I do think that that was worth pointing out. There's something there, like, 
You know, I just feel like there's a lot of denial towards it. I've heard a lot of people say that, like, I have conversations with people in my life. I literally have like dinner conversations where I'm like, how do you think like this? Like, what do you mean privilege doesn't exist? Or, or, you know, why do you not understand it yet? How do you think that it's made up? Or like black people are just complaining. Like I have to, I have to have those conversations. I, sometimes I find I have uh, trouble explaining, like getting them to see this side of it because even me having this skin tone, Believe me, I know what protects me. Believe me, I know that people say stuff around me not knowing that I'm Spanish at first, you know? Like, I've had definitely comments about Spanish people, Black people, Asian people, whatever it is, I've, I've heard that around me, and I'm just like, how do you think, you know? And, I, and then I'm like, well, how do I get this person to, because of course you want to go off, you want to yell, you want to, like, curse people out, but I know that that's not going to change them. You know right. see what I'm saying? So I'm struggling as a Spanish woman who can play white in some in some circles. How do I what is how do I convince people or how, how do I tell them, you know, like change their mind, if you will? I don't know. I'm really still struggling with that to this day. Well, I'm kind of there. Go ahead, Derek. Jump in. Go ahead. I was going to say examples like this. I don't like for people to get spanked because they don't get the education. So if I walk around scared to really say how I feel or what I've been exposed to, where can I get the dialogue to get educated to think differently if if I, I'm hiding it all the time and only talking to other people that think like me? I don't yeah. get the education. So I, I don't like smashing these people for doing it because I like they need the education and those yeah. that watch it and listen need the education as well. But I don't know, man. It's well, never ending. If it was but me it, if it was me and he was nineteen, he was twenty, he was twenty two. <laughs> I'd feel the same way, Derek. I, I really would. But this dude is a PR professional. In my opinion, the real reason that they, in its simplest of terms, why they felt this comfortable is because they thought nobody was listening. Right. That to me is in, yeah. in its simplest of terms. And and I, and, and I think what, I, what I'm really starting to hate is like, Derek, to your point, why do we always have to feel like you just wanted to feel? You understand what I'm saying? Like, like as a good brother in your heart, you like, I don't want to smash them because I, I want these conversations to happen. But if he feels that way, then bro, just say that all the time. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, like don't, don't, don't take LeBron, right. don't take LeBron money or be in front of us dancing, talking about black lives matter, <laughs> black lives matter. And then go home with your dinner table and be like, you know what, man, if I got to wear this t-shirt one more time. <laughs> if you don't want to wear the t-shirt bro don't wear the t-shirt right, don't take lebron right. money don't work on space jam don't work on the release of the, of the new lebron sneaker don't be out here trying to tell him what to do in la when it comes to like his tribute to kobe or whatever don't get involved don't be in the prestigious spaces to use our culture when it works for you and then yeah. when you get by yourself and you don't know the audio is being recorded you say how you really feel and because it because it bothers me, it bothers me that you have to feel that because it's like we always have to feel the way you felt to be like, you know what? I want to give them a chance so that because it's like it's like we're holding we're holding ourselves accountable to help them understand when we don't get up in the morning and hold them back from nothing. I don't get up in the morning and there's look, man, there's I'm nobody school Negro, though. I'm, I'm not a 2000 Negro. I'm a, I'm a 77 Negro. So. Yeah. Wait, what? That means that means I still that means I still got a little MLK in me. I still got a little MLK in me with a little twist of with a little twist of Malcolm X every now and then. But but for the most part, it's like hey, like, and I understand. So thinking of humans, I understand that we all are just people. Right. We have our insecurities and fears and etc. That 
some of us hide behind or, or feel safer because of our race or what ethnicity we're with, et cetera. So I get it. Like like you said, Brittany, like no other group. I could never understand what it's like to be a Hispanic woman. I don't care how many times I sit and someone talks to me about it. I didn't live it. I can empathize yeah. with it. Right. But mm-hmm. I can't feel it in my soul what that's like. So I know they can never feel what it's like for us. But I do think that there's there's like, yeah, I know, I know there's a difference, right? Because it's like you're in your own skin. But and I don't mean that be as a racial thing. I just mean like literally in your own body. But I do think, OK, for example, like I remember and this was so long ago. It was like right before reality TV or document. It was like one of the first document documentary slash reality shows. And it was they what they did was they paired um, a group of racist white people who were openly racist, like said they do not like people of color, hated them, didn't, you know, completely open about it. And then they had a group of black people just I, I don't think they were racist. So I don't remember them being racist at all toward any but just a group of black people had them live together for a couple months right and it wasn't until these white people lived with them and got to know them and had to be in this space with them that they they started to lose that idea or feeling of hate and then feeling of like they weren't equal uh, black people weren't equal and they started to like love them right and realize that they were wrong but it took them being forced to live in this household for a couple months at a time and then like to deal with it and then open their eyes. So I that's why I feel like it's so possible and it's so important to have. That's why diversity back to diversity and having that, you know, being around it and not just in the workspace, but in your real personal life that I know that people can change. And even if they can't feel your pain and, and you know, understand the depth of, of what you have to deal with on a daily, but they can change their perception that that there is it isn't equal it, it is definitely not equal you know and that there's things that need to be done to to better our situation so that we grow and we get better with it instead of stay the same so that's why i'm hopeful that's why i know it's there it can happen well i'm, I'm hopeful too you know but again again <laughs> i know i know it's gonna take so much time well, uh, i know and again 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 let, let me clarify something too I'm just talking about this one dude. I'm not, again, both of y'all have very valid points. So sometimes when I jump in here, you know, with, with you know, being DJ militant sometimes that, that you know, Britney feels like I am. It's, it's, really, it's really about this one dude. Because if I go by Britney's point, which wasn't necessarily talking to him, LeBron got to move him in his crib now for him to understand that black no, lives. Because he, he ain't got the problem. He ain't got the problem cashing LeBron checks. I he ain't got you. the problem. He ain't got the problem standing with him when he's like, and, and and here's my thing again. I guess you're supposed to say what you feel sometimes, but some things maybe you just, you just, you, because you can, and here's, he's collecting checks off of this whole thing. Yeah. That, yeah. And again, that maybe that's why I'm so stuck on him in this point. You know, again, like you said, I, Brittany, I could never, I could never tell you what it's like to be a woman. Like, like Derek said, I could have empathy. I could be like, I, I hear you. And then, open up to hear more of what you have to say and empathize with you and, and try to understand. But I can't tell you how it is to be you. You understand what I'm saying? So I totally yeah. get that point. But this dude is, I guarantee it, cashing LeBron checks. He catching free stuff because he hang around LeBron. He got yep. his, his access to the NBA is probably unprecedented because LeBron, he works with LeBron. 
how you even got the audacity to say that, bro? Like, so which, like I said, again, I feel like right so now. So let me ask you, do you feel like he should be cut? Like, that's I feel like he should him. be cut. I feel like he should be cut. I, I feel yep. like, because I feel like this, everybody real till you catch him being fake. And we just caught him being fake. You can look, man, we all, LeBron get tired of playing basketball. I'm sure he does when he on the court. But he don't leave with that kind of a thing talking about, man, I'm basketballed out, bro. Because when he do that, it's time to retire. Mm-hmm. You, I don't need you to work. Because every time he work around me now, we really questioning why he there. Right. Yeah, exactly. If, if I see him with LeBron now, I'm like this. Bro, why are you here? Oh, you, oh, you, you okay with wearing a Black Lives Matter shirt today? Oh, are you hashtagging right. the day, dude? You hashtagging the day? Uh-huh. That's how I feel. Because he said right. the same right. thing about the Me Too movement, right? So, so. Mm-hmm. What you what you think about LeBron's daughter and his wife? Deep down, that's how I'm gonna be yeah. questioning it. One you thousand, know, you know. So so and and I, again again, this is not everybody. And again, do you I think LeBron is gonna cut him? Um, I don't know. Yeah, I think I, it's it's a very he, it's a good. He should. He honestly, I don't think I don't think LeBron at his status is afraid to cut anybody. But I think it would have to be an advisor. He'd get advised. I think if Rich Paul decides to cut him, he's cut. Who's Rich Paul? Rich Paul is LeBron's agent, one of his boys from way, way back. Like he's in the, he's deep in the circle. I think if Maverick, if they, if a Maverick, LeBron, Rich Paul conversation happened and they were like, bro, it's time. He got to go. Then I think he's gone. I really hope he does. Cause to me, it would say it set a great like message, a precedent, like, no, I need you here for real, for real. I need you, you know, by me and to believe in me and everything around me. Like, he was to dismiss that it's, you know, you're tired. is like, to me, dismissing, like, oh, I'm tired. It's not even, oh, it's not even an issue. That's you know, how, like. That's how I feel. Because it, be- it is an issue. Because think about it. Look at, look, you, you saw his statement, though. His st- statement was completely the opposite. Yep. Black people don't get to be tired. So how dare I feel like that? <laughs> That's pretty much what he said. So, bro, like, I don't need you here, man. I don't need you here. You know, and again, I ain't mad at him. He showed us he could do a great job of PR by the statement he put out. Derek, you felt it. You was like, Derek Derek was like, you know what? <laughs> Derek, like, was Derek was like, then Derek was like, but you know what? As a PR person, he's supposed to be that good. He's supposed to be that good. You know? So <laughs> yeah. I just, I don't know, man. So I, I just like, again, and this is not everybody who's been involved in the movement. This is not every, you know, cause there's even some people that look like us that I feel like they only hear when it's convenient, you know, you know, so it, 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 I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, it's an would, ongoing issue. I would love issue. to see a metrics of how much money he's made off of LeBron. Ooh, yeah. And I think that would make a different story. Like that would paint it across the board where no one could deny that if you've made over, Two million, three million, four million off of LeBron, and you're give it back. Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Mattered out. Come on, like I'm like. I know. And I don't think any. I don't looking at a trash place for making thirty grand a year, bro. Exactly. And I'm and I'm and I'm almost positive that if you were around LeBron and and they're calling you his PR advisor, you definitely living in a pretty nice house. You living in a pretty nice house. I mean, LeBron daughter got a nice house in the backyard of their house. So I can imagine what the PR dude who has a, who has to, who has to work. I mean, don't get me wrong. LeBron gonna make sure his kids are straight, but his daughter got a pretty nice crib in the back of his crib. Have you seen that? Yeah, LeBron's daughter got a crib in the back of his crib, and she what eight, nine, ten, something like that. Yeah. So I and I know the PR dude. You know they sign these deals. You know he gonna have some two percent, three percent somewhere. He making it. Yeah. 
So, you know, and that's my only thing, man. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I, I just don't. But, I, you know, I just, I'm just very big on, look, man, I, I don't need you to be fake, man. If you don't, if you just, just be real about it. If you don't want to be over here and you don't want to support, or you don't, you know, you don't really think my life matter deep down. It's just when it's convenient, when it was nice to, you know, when it was nice to to put the black circle in your in your profile because everybody else did it, or it was nice to use the hashtag, or you know, they were selling T-shirts. You're like, I got to get one of those. I don't need that because, like you said, like you said, Derek, and we've made this point here several times. There's real work that still has to be done. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. you're talking about like you know Rachel, Maria. You're talking about what's going on in there. You're talking about. Everything in that whole thing got everything involved in it from me Too to diversity to black lives matter. And that's just them. That's just with them too. Who knows what else is going on inside of ESPN that doesn't even involve them. That just happened to get out here. You know, I thought it was atrocious that the only person that got in trouble was the person who actually shared what happened. Yeah. Right. That tell me that ain't crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. Who the person that leaked it got in trouble? The person who gave the who gave the audio to Maria is the only person who got in trouble in this whole thing. Like she's the only person who got in trouble. Other than lately, and Rachel got taken off of NBA Countdown. They they're they're taking Rachel off. They're taking Rachel off NBA Countdown. And I haven't confirmed this, Jim. I am getting the research done right now. But from what I'm understanding too, Maria's offer has dropped to like three million. Instead of five now. Oh, I don't like that. Well, Brittany, I knew you wouldn't. I, what the I, hell? No, they still have that other million. I'm sorry, but where's that million going? They better be donating somewhere to like, I don't even want to say to black oh, guys. Here, back, you here you go. Here you go. Here you go. Here you go. 17 hours ago via uh, Yahoo Sports. Yet Maria Taylor has $3 million salary offer from ESPN. There's interest from other networks. Um, yeah, so it would be roughly a $2 million raise from her $1 million salary right now. And no. That's from, that's from that's Yahoo, that's from, that's that's from Yahoo Sports. And wait, wow. according to the New York Post, and then these are, these are things that this came out last night at 7.14 p.m. ESPN's $3 million offer to Maria Taylor may not let her finish the NBA Finals. Oh, wow. This sounds like ESPN is trash. (laughs) That's another show. They're handling this terribly. What do you, they lowered her offer, then they're not even going to give her the full time. Yeah, according to the New York Post, it's a... Here it is. According to them, this is this is something I'm reading from the New York Post. This is an update. I, I I I'm just I just looked this up. Now it is unclear whether host Maria Taylor will finish the league's marquee event. This is despite a lucrative contract offer. Though it isn't Stephen A. Smith money, which we've discussed on this podcast. ESPN is a contract on the table for Taylor in the neighborhood of three million per year, the post has learned. The deal represents roughly three times more than her current one million dollar per year salary. Sources said Taylor has interest from both NBC and Amazon, while CBS, Fox, and TNT are not involved. Taylor's current contract expires in less than two weeks on July 20th, which is the date of a potential Game 6 of the NBA Finals. If a new agreement isn't reached, it is unclear right now what ESPN and Taylor would do if the Suns-Bucks series extends to seven games. Um, I don't know. Look, I'm not into sports like that, so obviously they're not getting no money from me. 
But all I know is that the more you support, the more they keep getting away with what they do. So, I don't know, a boycott needs to go in action or something. But Beyonce just put on this, um, if you she was rocking this purse that was a Tef Teflar, I believe it's called Tel Telfar. Telfar. Anyways, it's a black-owned business. She was pictured wearing it. Everybody's going crazy on the internet for it. But she purposely did did that to start supporting like black-owned businesses and to show like she's buying that product. So now people are gonna go buy that product, and it's the same thing. If you buy Gucci, who owns Gucci? I really don't know, but I don't think it's a black person or it's people of color that own those big brands already like that. So I'm just saying same thing, same parallel universe of like continue to support it. ESPN is going to continue to keep making their top dollars and do do messy stuff like this. Because to me, it, this is all messy. They didn't make not one thing right. Derek, I don't know if I can follow that. I'm going to let Brittany close the show out this week. <laughs> I, you know, I don't, I don't know if I can follow that. So, I, you know, sometimes I'm you just got to let you boycott ESPN. Hit their pockets is what I'm saying. Brittany, I don't, I don't know then, if I can, I don't know if I can go without watching the NBA Finals, Brittany. I don't know if I can do that right now. I just don't. I just, Brittany, I'm just gonna be. Look, Brittany, I'm look. You know, you you know, we real here. I got to be. I cannot play with you and act like I'm on the boycott the NBA home talking about. Brittany, don't Facetime me right now because I'm watching the Suns Bucks. You know what I'm saying? So, um. I, I appreciate both of you, man, being so candid as always. Um, Derek, I appreciate you shopping, stopping by, man, and, and you know you're welcome here anytime. What you got coming up next, man? Um, So, as you know, the NCAA released that new where players can get um, username, image, and likeness. So, right. <clears throat> I got a few players. I got Mario Williams out of uh, Oklahoma University um, helping him on the gaming side, and a couple other players are lined up. So, it's exciting times right now, and we're still trying to build a, a esports arena uh, down on Fowler. So, big things in the works. Speaking of that, real quick though, are is there is there any chance in your thought process as you deal with the you know the the gaming and the sports world, and now like you said, the big ruling on the college players being able to use their likeness? Is it any chance that uh, Reggie Bush gets the Heisman back? And is there also any chance that the Fab Five get the banners put back up and? You know, they get their just due. Any chance of those two things happening? Because those are two big ones. Uh, do you think the leadership is still there for the banners one? If the leadership has changed, I feel like you can go back to the table and ask that to put up. If the same person that was mad about taking them down is still there, you probably can't get it up because their pride won't let them lose that. But if it's someone new there, I imagine it could go up. And the Heisman, I feel like that's not a big deal. We, I feel like as a community, we can make them do that if we, if it's that important to us. Right. Okay. Just something to think about, man. Um, where can they find you at on social media? Social media, High Point Gamer, all one word, no symbols or anything, and www.highpointgamer.com. Brittany, you moving to the gamer space now, Brittany, now that you know no. more about it? I heard about Twitch. I just got put on a Twitch, so I might. You don't need anything else. Hey. You got enough going on. No, hey. I. <laughs> you got enough going. I let me. I let me. When you, if you're serious about it, I'll I'm okay. I really might. Really, I wish you I would. Can... I wish you would directly call my connect. I wish you would. <laughs> That's what we not gonna do. Not, not, you not just gonna call my connect in front of me. <laughs> anyway, man, gotta love it, man. Brittany, where can they find you at on social media? I am on Instagram and TikTok at Brunch with Brittany, on Twitter at Brunch with Brit. So catch me on there mostly. So you're not going to tell them where your OnlyFans is? 
I don't have one yet. I don't. Brittany, we've been talking I'm, about OnlyFans for like six months back when you was in quarantine. You I ain't know. created the OnlyFans yet. No, I haven't. I have. I don't know how to figure out. Well, everybody thinking I'm trying to show my booty hole. You know. Oh my god. <laughs> I won't show it. That's why. But is that what they? Is that what they talk about in the two three nine? Your booty hole. That's another show. That is a whole other show. Yo, man, for everybody watching us on YouTube at DJ Eakin TV, please like, subscribe, all that good stuff. And um, <laughs> I am at DJ Eakin across all platforms. The DJ Eakin podcast. My man Derek. <laughs> Yo, I don't even know what to do with this. Follow him at High Point Gamer. Yo, um, Brittany, we really should get at this brother about Twitch, though. We can we could probably get some things going on Twitch. We can't listen. Is that Let's something that you're going to actually be in charge of, though? Because I'm in charge of everything going on with us except for what you do on uh, uh, um, uh, uh, TikTok? TikTok. Yeah, I don't want no parts of that. Um, but still, <laughs> you know. But, yeah. No, I, I appreciate you both, man, for everybody rocking with us here at the DJ Aiken Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the discussion. And, um, you know, uh, I'll end it with everybody real till you catch them being fake. That's all I can do with it, man. I uh, appreciate both of y'all, man. We'll talk soon. Go on. Mm-hmm.